We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. to inform and engage the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn Sism and friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy, Texas. Experience the power, experience the glory with Pastor Carolyn Sism. Check out her website at www.eastgateministries.com. today but um, I in my notes I shared a little bit I had um, I realized which is my neglect at four o'clock at, at last night yesterday afternoon that um, June had asked me to share on the radio program. And, uh, and there was about, I think, six people, and they were all excellent, but I'm top-notch. And one of them was Carrie uh, McMahon. And, uh, but at four o'clock, I got this little notice from her, and I said, uh, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and so I put together, which I've got, you know, I've got plenty, and I put God had to be put together was about the banners. It's interesting that you... And it was very well monitored. She does a really good job of monitoring these things. And uh, she keeps very organized. I kind of got out of the order of what she had planned, which I tried very hard not to do, but there's someone who monitors things. I like for the order to be there. 
but she was asking people to say what they thought was going on with the election, with this and this and this. And I said, sure, I don't have anything to do, but I've got to declare. God told me we, if we win this, and I've got to declare that we have set our banner over this. And that was my message, that victory has been won. And um, I declared the raising of the banner of the Lord prophetically as a prophetic sign of taking possession, which is what we do. Oh, and Jesus will need our flag Sunday morning okay. worship because it's Veterans Day. Okay. Um, and I hope, and I believe we're going to be raising the flag of victory Amen. because of the election. Amen. Yes. We uh, Veterans Day. We've been to the battle, and the battle's been won. Yes. And raising the flag of the United States is a prophetic symbol of the Lord's covenant with the nation's founders. And God we trust is a banner over this nation. I shared with them, and it's not in my notes here, uh, how I, it was 2006. Thank goodness I have these notes in my computer so I can tell that I saw a vision, and y'all will remember that I told you about it, in heavens. And I saw our flag. It was open eye vision. It was very clear. And I saw our flag flying in the heavens, and there was two angels on either side of it carrying the flag. And their names were Unity and Love. Y'all remember that? Be hearing that? And then in 2008, I was at a meeting with, um, uh, in Austin, <coughs> Texas. Sandra was actually with me. And they were playing the Star Spangled Banner. No, that was praying, playing how great, the, um, how great they are, I think. But anyway, they were marching the flag across to this. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, and we were in a time of great battle. The church was in a time of great crisis at the time. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, the angels of unity and love are still guarding our flag. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. So yes. I declared that last night. Yes. Glory. And um, and you know what I believe here because I stated it clearly. That I believe the Lord has released his angel armies on the earth to deliver our nation. Where is God? Through the prayers and declarations of the army on earth. Yes. And I've been stressing lately that the army on earth has to cooperate and come into agreement with the armies of heaven that have been released. Yes. I declared the midterm election of 2018 has been won by the glorious church as an army with banners in concert with the host of heaven's armies. Uh, Psalm 6.10 Who is she that looks forth as, as the morning, fair as the moon, and clear as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners? That's the church. That's us. The bride is described here as an awe-inspiring bannered host. It's, it's, not, it's prophetic that the Lord has released the ministry of banners upon the church in the last 15 years. We are to be an awe-inspiring bannered host. The Shulamite is at Mahanaim, M-A-H-A-N-A-I-M. 
Uh, this is Strong's 4624. It means the place where God camps or dwells two armies, two camps, two hosts, armies, and encampments. The bride is dancing between the armies of heaven and the armies of the earth. The dance of Mahanium is the dance of victory over all enemies. Who is she that looks forth as the morning, fair as the moon, and clear as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners? I went down into the garden of nuts to see the fruits of the valley, and to see whether the vine flourished and the pomegranates budded. Or ever I was aware my soul made me like the chariot of Amenadib. Return, return, O Shulamite. Return, return, that we may look upon you. What will you see in the Shulamite? As it were the company of two armies. Fair as the moon and clear as the sun. This is the lightning and bright shining of Jesus appearing in his saints. The light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun. And the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days. In the day that the Lord binds up the breach of his people and heals the stroke of their wounds. Isaiah 3 5. Yesterday I um, thought I was just doing it because I was curious. But I had started studying about 1 o'clock for 1 John today. And I came, but I decided to look up the scriptures on the host of heaven because there has been some controversy over angelic armies. Okay, so I started with Luke two thirteen, um, when the angel was de was uh, declaring the birth of the Christ child, and then they were surrounded by the host of heaven. So I did a little, be a little study on the host of heaven. And the host of heaven is used to describe the angel armies around the Lord. But the host of heaven is also used to describe the stars of the first heaven. The, the heaven of the stars is a good way to say And that people worship it. And they get in trouble. So you can see why people would get... You got the, it's described both ways because there's three there's three heavens. The heaven of the heavens is where the host of the armies of heaven are. The host of the armies of the Lord. But people worship what is called the host of the heaven of the stars, worshiping the stars. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Isaiah 3 5. I have commanded my sanctified ones, that's the church. I have also called my mighty ones, that's his angel armies, for mine anger, even them that rejoice in my highness. The noise of a multitude in the mountains, black as of a great people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts musters the host of the battle. That's his army. That's his warring angels in heaven. They come 
and we read Pat curse book where God took her to the place where he has the host of heaven. And she said it is actually in the far corners of heaven and that very few people get to go there. Isaiah saw it. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven. The, even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. So I believe that these angel armies have been released upon the earth for God's divine appointed time. And I believe that he's raising up the church as an army on earth to cooperate with this host of heaven and that we're going to see the church become more militant as the days come forward. As I was getting dressed this morning, I felt the Lord say, that we're going to win this election. But the battle will become more intense after the election than it has been going into the election. The Antichrist has become fierce and has become violent and has been on the attack. It will increase. And that it will increase until Jesus comes again. And there is going to be raised up an army on earth that will become a militant army that is going to join the host of heaven which are being released from the far corners of heaven and that together we will become a militant, victorious church. But I believe the battle is on. I got that this morning while I was getting ready. Pastor, what do you mean by militant? You mean just prayer warriors? Or you mean yeah, we're, 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 yeah, we're not. Um, we're not just going to be saying, oh, Lord, God, come down here and change all this and rearrange all this and come down here. We're going to be taking ground. Amen. Like I knew last night, I was militant on that radio station. I don't know what they thought. But the Spirit, but the spirit of God that hit me was militant. I wasn't crying out to God to come down here and to rearrange everything because it was a mess. Yes. I was taking, I was possessing. Yes. I was declaring yes. possession. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's why the Spirit of God came on me and I was bouncing up and down in my chair. <laughs> we will be pressing onward, Diane. Yeah. Fighting the good fight of faith. Yes. Now, you know, the devil just about had a, had the church beat down. He didn't have this church beat down. Mm -hmm. But the universal church, he just about had them beat down where you can't open your mouth. You can't say anything. You can't you can't uh, say anything against your government. You can't say anything against anything. Uh, it's, you can't preach the word. You can't preach what the word says. Can't offend. That's no, right. you got to be no sweet offending. and be nice. <laughs> yeah, be nice. Yes. Yeah. Sit down and shout. Get along. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is my persuasion that this is, we are surrounded by the host that I just read from the scripture. Paul, the Lord's host. Heaven's armies. Which are under the command of the Archangel Michael. Um, I, I'm going over myself that I was preparing. I was reading 2.13, the verse that says, Suddenly there was an 
there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Mm -hmm. And the word for host is stradia, troops of angels, an army band of soldiers. In the New Testament, the host of heaven. And this has the same meaning in the Old Testament, except where it's used for the heaven of the stars. And then their people were worshiping the stars. Nehemiah 9.6 You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven the heaven of heavens. The heaven of heavens is for the throne of goddess. With all their hosts, Actually, it's not a place beyond heaven out there somewhere. It's a realm of the spirit. We'll go back to this. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts. The earth and everything on it. The seas and all that is in them. And you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. So if people try to confuse these or conflict this, I just want this church to have a clear understanding of the host of heaven in the heaven of heavens as compared to people worshiping the stars. Okay? 1 Kings 22, 19. Then Micah, that would be the Lord's prophet. Remember, Ahab had his prophets, false prophets. And they were declaring... Um, one thing and the, but Micah stood up and said hear the word of the Lord I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by on his right hand and on his left today we the church like Micah are facing down the false prophets We listen to the media, they're declaring the defeat of the army of God. The liberal media is the mouth of the beast, the mouth of the false prophet, and the mouth of the dragon. We, like the prophet Micah and Elijah in the face of the prophets of Baal, must declare the word of the Lord on the United States of America. That's your job, church. You have to declare what God says. Are you called to be a prophet? Are you a prophetic people? You're not just going to go around and try to be meddling in people's lives with your gift, which some people do. Yes. You've been called to declare over this nation what God says and to declare into people's lives what God says. We have the authority to call down the fire of God on the altars of the false prophets and the mouth of the beast. That's a little bit of what I shared last night. First John chapter 3. 3, 1 through 2. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the Son of God. The world does not know us, and that would be the cosmos. It because it did not know him. Beloved. Now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. John was in such a high place when he was preaching this. 
you'll see as we get farther down in here that I bail out. And I say, I'm not qualified to preach what John's preaching. <coughs> because he was in much higher realm of the spirit that God has allowed me to come into. The divine nature is manifested on the children of God through the love of the Father. <coughs> I want to honor Prophet Carrie McMahon, who was our guest speaker this past Sunday. Mm -hmm. I saw the true Father's heart and his love and humility. Yes. He uh, found Lacey at the hotel. Someone had paid her room, the church did. And he found out that she had been here before and knew us. And he brought her to church. That's a father's heart. Mm -hmm. Oh, I saw the father's heart in him multiple times while he was ministering. Yes. I saw the gentleness and I saw the correction. Mm -hmm. But the correction was done with love. Amen. And y'all know how hard I can be on some of these people that claim to be fathers. Mm -hmm. so, that they, so that people will give them money. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think as I said to him when I was prophesying to him, y'all heard me give the word to him, some of you did, yes. that he really did have the heart of the Father. Yes. And uh, in, in natural, fathers support the children Amen. That's and right. take care of the children. Amen. Mm -hmm. The children don't take care of the father. That's right. Amen. Now I know as we get older, you know, that we do take care of the father. But if you are a young man, your child doesn't take care of you. That's right. You take care of the children. And I saw that in this man. I just want to honor him for it. It's rare to see that measure of selfless love for the brethren that I saw in that man and humility. Mm -hmm. The divine nature of the sons of God is manifest through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. You'll probably be hearing me preach on them. I'm not on the I'm sorry. I don't mean gifts of the Holy Spirit, I mean fruit. You'll probably be hearing me preach on the fruit lately. Because we've got to get the fruit back in the church. If we don't get the fruit back in the church, our gifts mean nothing. Amen. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And against such there is no law. Ephesians 5, 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Mm -hmm. I, uh, when I started preaching, it was before I started church, I was preaching in different places, you know, where they asked me to preach. And I had already seen that in the Pentecostals there wasn't a lot of fruit, but they were all after the gifts. So I knew that they needed a message on the fruit of the Spirit. And they just about shot me down. They did not want to hear about the fruit of the Spirit. They, they would tell you, we do not want to hear about the fruit of the Spirit. We're not looking, what do they call it? Uh, fruit checkers. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Inspectors. Fruit inspectors. Uh, inspectors. Fruit inspectors. Fruit mm -hmm. inspectors. Well, you know, that's an excuse. Mm -hmm. If they're telling you they don't want fruit inspectors, that's an excuse. But we're not to go around and be inspecting anyone. Right. Or the policing anyone. Yeah. That's not your job, church. You are not... The Holy, he did not give you the Holy Spirit to police anyone. Amen. He did not give you the Holy Spirit to inspect anyone. Amen. Mm -hmm. Okay? Except yourself. 
<laughs> but we but we do the Bible says that we are to know them by their fruit. So but this is a Swedish scripture. Who are we? That we should be called that we should be called the sons of God. That is what manner of love. What manner of love that we should be called the sons of God. We have nothing to reckon recommend us to his divine favor. I have nothing to recommend me to him. We're all together an unclean thing. Even our righteousness is as filthy rags. And in the heavenly adoption we're made partakers. Not merely given an adopted name. If we were adopted in the natural we would be given an adopted name. But we're given a new nature. We're given a new DNA. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds after the image of him who has created us in righteousness and true holiness. What manner of love is this? What manner of love is this? We're taken or granted. Our names are recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life forever. Born from above, the royal blood of heaven runs through our veins, and we possess unsearchable riches. Let others boast their ancient line in long succession great. In the proud list, let heroes shine, and monarchs swell the state. Descended from the king of kings, each saint a nobler title brings. Pronounce me gracious God, thy son. Own me an heir divine. I'll pit princes, I'll set princes on the throne when I can call thee mine. Scepters and crowns are un, scepters and crowns unenvied rise and lose their luster in my eyes. The central thought of the chapter echoes John 8. If God were your father, you would love me. Speaking of Jesus. If God were your father, you would love Jesus. You would want to carry out your father's desire. You do not believe me. Illumined by the three marks of eternal life, beginning with our life in Christ. Love, obedience, and belief. How great is the love the father has lavished on us. Most of us are so spoiled. The church is so spoiled in the United States of America. In Christ, we take that love for granted. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we flaunt it. Mm -hmm. It's our entitlement. Yes. Am, I, am I wrong? And we fail to express, express the same wonder and gratitude of the Apostle John. The purpose of God's love is that we should become his children. His whole purpose of his love is that you and I become his child. And that we inherit all that he has. And we inherit his nature. And we become Kodak living image color of his son, Jesus Christ. 
Revelation 21, 7. He that overcomes will inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. The reason the world does not know us to be God's children is it did not recognize Jesus Christ as God's son. The world continues to follow the course of willful blindness, noted in Matthew 21, 23 through 27. When he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Because I speak, I don't didn't know I speak with authority. It isn't like it's something I've ever worked on. But I read the word. I believe the word. God said. So ever since I've been saying God said, I speak that out with authority. Almost from day one when I started preaching, people would ask me this question. But what authority are you doing these things? Mm -hmm. By what authority are you doing these things? Mm -hmm. That question has been asked me multiple times. Not once, but multiple. Mm -hmm. And who gave you this authority? Mm -hmm. You see, that's the world system. <laughs> Your authority has to be given to you. Mm -hmm. Okay? But not with God. God says, I have loved you so much that I have chosen you as my child. And when I chose you as my child, and I have called you as my son, I am giving you all of my authority. And that authority is equivalent to what God says. It's his nature. So I don't ever back up. Just in case anyone out there on Facebook that has challenged me on these issues. On the account of radical disparity of nature, the world does not have the capacity of recognizing the divine nature of God. Matter of fact, they scorn it, they mock it. Scorn was the first spirit that fell at the cross. The first drop of blood fell on the spirit of corn. Scorn. They, they will scorn and mock you. Don't go around getting your feelings hurt because you're scorned and mocked by the world. Wear it as a badge of honor. <laughs> because that means that they have no clue of the divine nature of God that they see in you. And now we are the sons of God in that verse and the not yet <laughs> are both true and express the tension which exists between the ideal holiness and glory belonging to men who have become God's children and our actual observable condition of failure and distress like I told y'all I was not, I'm not qualified by where I stand in heaven to preach chapter 3. 
I'm just going to tell you what the word says. It's not yet manifest to the world what we will be. We believe when Christ shall appear, by faith we shall be like him. Not only shall we be like him, but we will be in him. And just as he is seated in heaven, uh, beside the Father, if we are in him, we are going to be seated with him. And we believe that eternity is already in us. I am already, in, I have already entered into eternity. Right. Because Christ is in me and I am in Christ. Mm -hmm. So I am already in eternity. Mm -hmm. Eternal, eternity is already a part of who I am. Eternal things are already part of my makeup. Do y'all believe that? Yes. yes. Three through six. Every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whoever commits sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. You know that he has manifested to take away our sin. And in him is no sin. Whoever abides in him sins not. Whosoever sins has not seen him, neither know him. Yes. Hmm. The hope of ultimate conformity to the moral likeness of Christ is a powerful motive to diligent moral cleansing here and now. I think my motive is fear of God. Because I have known his hand upon my life. And I have a very, my conscience, I, 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 I'm very easily condemned because I have a, my conscience. Christ is the antithesis of all sin. He appeared so that he might take away our sin. And he does. John is clearly saying that everyone who sins is a rebel against God by refusing submission to his law. Give me a break here, lady. I'll get here. John's point is clearly taken. The work of Christ is directed to the removal of sins, and the character of Christ is that of the Holy Word of God. So, and this is the intended conclusion of the reasoning, although I really don't think John is reasoning. I'm trying to reason what John is saying as compared to what I know. He's saying that no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. We can perhaps water this down as some have done. Many have watered this down. Many have turned it into legalism. I have heard it preached from pulpit. Yes. If you're sinning, you're not saved. I've never heard that preached. Yes. What is it called? I don't know, some kind of doctrine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or we can water it down. That sin in this sense means a continual and habitual action. Okay. No Christian can continue in disobedience as his way of life. 
So it is above my pay grade to imply that anyone is sinless. As I start, when I started this letter, I am not standing in the spirit and see mankind totally delivered from sin where John was standing when he wrote this. I have not yet seen sinless man except in the vision of Jesus Christ. But John did. I'm declaring to you that John saw it because he wrote it and he said it and he declared it. Now, I am not going to make any kind of legalistic statement that if there's sin in your life, you're not saved. Because I don't believe that. Seen too many Christians with demons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a teaching. I mean, I'm, uh, if there's trouble in your life, it's due to sin. If there's sin in your life, you're not saved. Hardship. Is that hardship Baptist? Is that what is that what they did? Okay. Well, this is where they get it. So I will tell you, I am not qualified to preach what John preached. I'm just going to tell you what he said. I don't believe this is a license to make occasional excursions into sin provided that we do not become domiciled there, as some teach. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think that. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God even when we're trying to walk the best we can. But yet the intent of our heart is to do the best we can. And so I will go back to it's all in the heart. If my heart wants to sin and be in the presence of sin and to act in sin, then my heart is not wanting to be with Christ. But if my heart desires with all that it has to please the Lord and to do the best I can not to sin with His grace on my life, which is the only way I can do it anyway, is by His grace, but I still mess up in sin, I am still a Christian. But this is what I believe. That's right. You take it like you want it. Like I said, I'm not standing where John was standing because he could see mankind without sin. I cannot. 7 through 10. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil. I told y'all this was not simple preaching. For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed remains in him and he cannot sin. Just read y'all what the word says. God told me, that, uh, if he hadn't given me a dream and told me I was preaching this, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever does not, whosoever who does not righteousness 
It's not of God, neither he that does not love his John's clear purpose in this letter is to identify the children of God from the children of the devil. Remember, the false prophets of Gnosticism were coming into the church and totally, just about totally destroying the church with all of their false teachings. Okay, so he is he's clearly identifying the children of God and that they would identify themselves and there would be a clear discernment of the children of the devil. And he calls them here that they are of the devil. Children, he uses the word, children of the devil. He says they are children of the devil. Now that will blow some people's theology. Maybe they just didn't read this chapter. Right. Because <laughs> there are people that believe that the devil, no one is, is a child of the devil. Maybe we, maybe this book hadn't been preached in a long time. I think so. <laughs> maybe nobody's like me, but stand up and say, I'm not qualified. I'll just read it to you. Um, John clearly states that no one who is born of God will continue to sin. The verb is in the present tense. It seems strong. It is strong. Mm -hmm. If the verb had been in the orist, past tense, it would be even stronger. It would have read, No one born of God commits a sin. And he cannot commit a sin because he is born of God. This, of course, would absolutely be contrary to our experiences on earth. Uh, I cannot tell you what John saw in mankind but I have a feeling he was looking in heaven and he was seeing the end result of redeemed mankind through the blood of Jesus Christ and he saw a sinless people through his blood So he says in there, in this, I'll go back to that. Um, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Okay, so there's going to be a time, and John saw it, when all the works of the devil will be destroyed. Amen. In your life, in my life, in the United States of America, and in the church. I was talking earlier that I believe that we have come to a time when the host of heaven's armies have been released from the four corners of heaven and he's bringing up a militant army on earth and John saw it mm -hmm. that there was a time 
when we will see and he saw by vision that all the works of the devil are destroyed. Amen. Now you and I don't see that in the natural. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin. Okay, for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin. He cannot sin because he is born of God. In this, okay, that's where I'm going to. That's why I went back to read that. In this, in what? His seed. Okay, did I not just read this? Mm -hmm. For his seed remain in him and he cannot see sin and he cannot sin because he is born of God in this his seed the Greek word for seed there is sperma which means male seed Dave explained this to mean the seed of the word of God that if we obey the, the word of God and stay in harmony with the word we will not sin I can't preach that either. I can't say that. I'm just telling you what Dave said. C.H. Dodd, another uh, uh, theologian, suggests the word seed introduces the analogy of human begetting, which is kind of what sperm is. A divine, according to what John is saying, a divine seed remains in us. And we know that. We believe that. The reason that Christians cannot live a life of sin is that the principle of divine life has been implanted within us by God. Mm -hmm. And life develops according to that principle. God is our Father and our true nature accords with this. Last week I was thinking about the mustard seed. These thoughts just come to me. And Jesus said, if we have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, we can speak to that mountain and it will move. And it came to me what the faith of the mustard seed was. The faith of the mustard seed was created, the mustard seed was created by God. He created the mustard seed. Just like he created all creation. The mustard seed knows who it is. When the mustard seed goes in the ground and the sun and the water hit it, the mustard seed knows it will become a tree and that the purpose for that tree will be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Amen. So if we have the faith of the rain of mustard seed, we can move that mountain. Of course, I know God was talking about the smallness of it. <coughs> okay, y'all bear with me today. I told y'all in the beginning. Okay. All mankind is God's children by creation. As regards this, a creature can have no choice. Okay. God created man. I am a child of God's creation because he created his seed in man. Now we know we have the seed of the faith of Abraham in us. But when God created Adam, in him was the creation of mankind. So you and I have that seed of creation in us. 
Okay? Y'all with me here? Or? Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank y'all for being faithful with this. As regards this, we have no choice. I was created to become a woman. You were created to become a man. But a creature endowed with free will can choose his own parent in the moral world. The Father offers him. I'm talking about the moral. I'm not talking. Okay. Physically, you are the seed of your father and your mother, which ultimately is the seed of God that's planted in you. The Father offers me the right to become a child of God. But I can refuse this and become a child of the devil instead. There are no third alternatives. There is no other third alternative. Correspondence between spiritual parentage and moral character means that attitude and actions betray our spiritual nature. Okay, 11 through 12. Doesn't get any easier. <laughs> For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one. Who's the wicked one? The child of the devil. He's one of the children of the devil. And slew his brother, and, the, and wherefore slew he him, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. In this one short reference to Cain, John gives us a full sermon. Adam had been warned that in the day of disobedience he would die. Yet, in fact, it seemed that the serpent's word was true. He lived a long life and became the father of humanity. He gave to his wife the name Eve, the mother of all living. In their firstborn, Cain was manifested the nature of that life. Cain was not a master, but a slave of passion. His very worship was unacceptable to God. Now, he had the seed of God's creation in him. But he chose to be a child of the devil. In Cain is seen the horrifying nature of hatred. He murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? John doesn't presume it takes two to make a quarrel. He doesn't go into a lot of theology. He doesn't go into a lot of lecturing here. He doesn't go into a sermon. He declares that the sin was Cain's. Cain could not bear the contrast of his brother's righteous actions with his own actions, which were evil. This is what is going on in our nation right now. Yes, ma'am. Bingo. This is exactly what is going on. Yes. It's the spirit of Cain, church. Yes. That we have got to take authority over. That is a hatred that is over this nation that actually wants to murder God's chosen one who pleases God. Donald J. Trump, in spite of his shortcomings, in spite of his physical seed, has found favor with God. 
Yes. God has chosen him. Yes. I'm sure it's because of his heart. God has chosen this man. He is blessing this man. He has given him an assignment, and the spirit of Cain wants to kill him. That's right. Mm. That's right. Now I'm telling you. We're going to have to take authority over that spirit of Cain over this nation today. first murderer became a monument to self-love as the cross was to become the demonstration of divine love. Let's stop right now and we're not, I'm not through preaching. We're going to have authority on the spirit of Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, the spirit of shame, which is behind the spirit of murder, has been loosed over this nation. Against God's righteous, against his chosen, is from a spirit of jealousy. Lord, we call it out for what it is. A spirit of murder and a spirit of pain. We break you off of the, off of the, off the cosmos, off the cosmos of the United States of America. Amen. Amen. Okay. 13 through 15. You see, if God didn't call me to preach this Bible for anything, this chat, this book for anything else that's valid. That's right. Mm -hmm. yes. That is the treasure I just pulled, we just yes. pulled out of there. Yes. Mm hmm. Um. The revelation of uh, who Adam and Eve were made by God, his children. But when they sinned, they severed the connection. The spirit no longer controlled them. So the spirit today is the spirit man that doesn't sin. Carnal nature will. Right. Adam nature. That's right. Yeah, the seed of the Adam nature is Cain. Yeah, it's Cain. Mm -hmm. And the seed of the Adam nature is a child of the devil. Amen. But God. But God. Brought his son. Amen. Into the earth. And we have his seed by faith in us. Amen. And it cannot sin. And no, Christ cannot sin, mm -mm. which is what John's saying. That's right. That the seed of the, uh, the seed of Christ in me cannot sin. Amen. It is totally pure. Yes. It is totally holy. It is that which ma which makes yes. us eternal. Yes. Okay, let's see what else we can find out here. <laughs> Thirteen through fifteen. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. 
Um, someone I was reading last night said that he has been on death row with people who have read this scripture and they put themselves under condemnation. There are other scriptures that says that God will forgive even murder. That's right. Okay, but he's talking about the act of murder separate from the, the redemption of salvation, separate from Jesus Christ. He's speaking here. The act of murder. I had murder in my heart one time. I carried murder in my heart. And if I think it, then I'm guilty of it. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the devil hitting me so hard that I had murder in my heart? Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would be capable of doing it, which mm -hmm. is the thing. I didn't have the capability. I didn't have the capability, but I had it in my heart. Hatred is the realm of death, love the realm of life, and assurance that we have passed from death. The unregenerate man remains in death. Mm -hmm. Amen. Those who have not received Christ, those who are not with their heart, following after the love of God and, 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 and being like God, they are still in death. That's what we see the signs on our television screen. Mm -hmm. The walking dead. Mm -hmm. That's a prophetic picture of what the people on earth look like who do not have Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's true. This state of being is incompatible with eternal life. Amen. Um... There are other verses, and I didn't write them down, which indicate a murderer can be saved. Let's go to Matthew 12, 31, just to clear that up. How about it, huh? We don't want to leave that without God's redemptive scriptures over it. <clears throat> Wherefore, I say to you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be given to men. But blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be uh, I should, I'm sorry, I can start again. Wherefore I say to you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven to men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven to men. So murder is not the un it's not an unforgivable sin. Because mm -hmm. that's covering all sin. Yes. And then I have another one down here. Let's see. lost my place. 1 John 1, 7, which is where I was. Um, that is I wrote down last night I was getting pretty tired about this time <laughs> but I started early y'all I just got distracted you got caught up I got caught up <laughs> okay I'll be there in a minute now But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, Christ his son, cleanses us from all sin. That was right. So. Okay. 1 John 3.16 is the counterpart of John 3.16. I'm sure everybody knew that. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. 
and we ought to lay down our lives for the heathen, for the brethren. Mm. We know what love is in its lower meanings, physical attraction, natural affection, and friendship. But we would be totally unacquainted with agape, the divine love, if Christ did not become flesh and died for our sake. Amen. That love which has made us rich has also made us debtors to lay down our lives as our Lord laid down his. When the call comes for ministry, it will never be what you volunteered to do. <laughs> it's going to cost you. It's going to be what you don't want, what your flesh does not want to do. Amen. To lay down one's life for the sake of another is to set oneself to seek the good of that person at all costs. Even at the cost of life itself. It will cost you everything you have. Mm -hmm. when the call comes. Mm -hmm. Everything that you're getting going pretty good and everything set up, it will cost you. Mm -hmm. But the time will come when God will restore all. Mm -hmm. But God says, did you want to serve me? Mm -hmm. Do you want a ministry? Then I'm calling you into this. Mm -hmm. One might perhaps expect, expect that the indwelling divine love would constrain us to die for his sake. But what would be remarkable in our loving him who has done us nothing but good? Divine love goes further. It is love to the undeserving, the unthankful, even the rebellious. When I started the church in Baton Rouge, first of all, Oh, no, I don't do anything but, but say, God, forgive me. I didn't want to start church. <laughs> Second of all, he sent me the unlovely, the unloved, the rejects that the other pastors didn't want, those that no one else could handle, <laughs> those who were uh, homeless, those who were broke, those who were in debt, and those who were wanting any minute uh, miracles and they weren't looking to grow. Mm -hmm. And he sent me to them because he loved them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You heard Brother Perry, I think it was Sunday night he said this, huh? Was it Sunday night he said I announced it to the lieutenants. But I was faithful in that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was faithful in that. That mm -hmm. God sent me to. Yes. Who <laughs> <laughs> <You> said hmm? <laughs> and he was talking about the cause of God that was live. And that there would be a 10-year interim mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from the time of the call until it was fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I'd say that's about right. Mm -hmm. uh, 10 years of training. Yes. <laughs> from the time of the call until you're actually ready to walk into that office and, and actually do what God called you to do. 
those lieutenants will be a work in progress too. Oh yeah, those lieutenants are going to have to have their work. They're, they, <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to do their stuff too. Okay, come on, Lord, help me. One might perhaps expect that the indwelling divine love would constrain us to die for his sake. Divine love goes further. It is love to the undeserving, the unthankful. If we, if we cannot love foolish and sinful weakness in our Christian family, how shall it prove to be that divine agape which reaches out to be to the lost world? Yes. I didn't write any of this <laughs> scriptures. God just told me to preach it. <laughs> God puts people in the church who are there to smooth your rough edges. <laughs> and if you can't love foolish and sinful Christians how are we going to minister to the lost world First John 3 17-19 Whoever has this world's good and sees his brother has need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how does the love of God dwell in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. For this we know that we are of the truth and are assure our hearts before him. This is the acid test of Christian love. It separates us from the lust of the world and the love of God. Love with the tongue consists of hypocritical utterances. We can speak and utter that word and declare what that word says. John 3, 20 through 22. If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Let conscience be heard. Be well informed and diligently attended to. When you get to the point that you don't hear your conscience anymore, then God has turned you over to your sin that you are desiring. Mm -hmm. For that which you desire, he will turn you over to it. A reprobate mind. Mm -hmm. Those who have a good conscience toward God have interest in heaven. And our prayers are heard there. Obedient souls are prepared for blessing. And they have promised, they have a promise here of audience and also a voice in heaven. John gives us three blessings in this, this 20 through 22 of genuine love. 
confirmation that we are of the truth, assurance of a clean heart before God, freedom from condemnation, faith and confidence in God, and answers to our prayers. And he also in there, he gives us five secrets to the answer to prayer. Freedom from condemnation, confidence in God, asking, keeping his commandments, and pleasing God. 23-24, this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments. He that keeps his commandments dwells in him and he in him. Hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he has given us. Blessed be the holy word of God. Amen. He's growing me. Oh, this purpose was the son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Yes. Amen. And see, he gave me about that, about Cain while I'm preaching. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. I mean, yeah, I had it written down, but then the realization that that's the spirit that over the United States of America that has become so violent, mm -hmm. declaring death and hatred and murder, mm -hmm. is the spirit of Cain. And hatred because of the blessing that is on Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Jealousy. Jealousy. So y'all know how now you can take authority over that spirit of pain. Amen. You mentioned one time. Are you a writer or do you have a story to tell and maybe you need a little help with your writing? Well, go to Treehouse Publishers today. We can help you achieve your dream. Dreams come true in our house. Do you have a book just waiting in your spirit to come out and share with the world? Well, Treehouse Publishers will help you to achieve your dream. Write that book today. Sell your book in London, in Africa, and many other countries. Let your tree bear much fruit with Tree House Today. Go to www.gotreehouse.org.